Hello and welcome back to another episode with another brilliant guest. Today's guest is Bridget Minimore. She's a writer. She's written for The Guardian, The Pool, The Debrief, Pitchfork and many others. She writes mainly about pop culture, race and feminism and the intersections between them. She is part of the creative team behind Brainchild Festival and works with the charity My Body Back, a project to empower women who have experienced sexual violence. She's also a poet and runs poetry workshops, mostly for young people around the UK. And her first poetry book, Titanic, came out last year, which I recommend you read. She's worked with the National Theatre, the Royal Opera House. She's read poems at places like the Roundhouse, Latitude Festival, the Bristol Old Vic and the Southbank Centre. In 2015, she was chosen as one of the hospital club's emerging creatives. And I loved talking to her on this episode. We talk about pitching yourself, on changing your mind, and Bridget's advice for getting into journalism. Uh, We also talk about Lindy West, uh, someone we both really admire, and um, a recent article she wrote for The Guardian. It's just very chatty, but um, there's a real central theme running through this episode, so I hope you enjoy it. So I'll stop talking and let you listen to it. Here it is. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Emma. (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to the podcast. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. You're someone that I've um, admired for a long time and also who I met at our at the Twitter event that we yeah. did last year. That was so cool. That was really fun. It's always nice to meet in real life. I know. Um, so, right, I normally ask, um, because you are a writer, a poet, yeah. a performer. Yeah, um, just about. <laughs> you're a very creative individual. What does a day look like for you? Oh, um, a day, oh, they change a lot. I guess... The most packed days tend to be days that end with a gig um, or an event. So over the past year, I've done a lot more speaking events, which has been nice and fun, but it means that I now have rare, I rarely have an evening free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you know you've got a gig at night, which means you're getting home at like 10, 30-ish, and that's if you don't have a drink, yeah. um, then the whole day kind of skews. So I quite like to wake up late because I am mm-hmm. a massive night owl. Um, I will try and wake up at like, nine-ish, ten, if I can manage it, um, which is quite, I mean, I feel that's early, but it's late for a lot. Or if I have like a deadline or like a lot of the time I've had a gig and I had to go home and send my copy in because there'll be like a 9am deadline and I send mm. the copy at like four in the morning and I was like, <laughs> I need to sleep till 10. But then I get so embarrassed that I don't start to eat until like noon. I feel like, like, I don't know. Yeah, people know. <laughs> dowager, like, it's proof. I need to retweet something at six just to make sure. Um, but yeah, I usually wake up, I have a coffee or two. Um, if I have a deadline, I check my emails first and get that stress out of the day. Mm. Uh, sometimes I have a meeting or I meet up with friends for coffee a lot of the time. I quite like meeting up with my friends in the day. Mm. I have a solid like freelancers crew of people That's who I good. go off for coffee with, like my friend who's a yoga teacher, um, my friend who's like a nanny. Uh, yeah, there's just a few of us, or we go for breakfast mm. or brunch at like 11 ish. Yeah, you have to and, see humans. <laughs> yeah, so I don't usually work until like noon properly, mm-hmm. usually. Um, and I try and I've got these aims to like read for an hour every day, which doesn't often happen, and also read news for like half an hour tends to go on because you find like a think piece to just see if I'm inspired by stuff. Yeah. Do you ever um, get slightly sidetracked with reading? Um, because I am the same. I I don't want to spend too much time on Twitter. I feel like it's such a waste, especially when you're a writer. You're like, I could be writing something like 
you know so bad. I look at how many tweets I've sent and I just feel I was like I've written Unices like twice what have I been I was talking with a friend and I was like if I didn't have Twitter I wouldn't have this and this and this and this but I also could have used the time to write like two novels mm. um do you have like a good ratio with like how much you because my thing at the moment is I use it to broadcast and self-promote mm. <laughs> which I'm not ashamed to say but um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to actually read. Le- I'm just trying to scroll less. Scrolling. Scrolling is the the enemy of progress, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I managed after. I've never quite been a Facebook scroller. Like I, I got Facebook really late, and so I'm always. I'm. I go on like Facebook breaks where I just kind of like don't go on it for a while and I don't really miss it. But I had to it so early. I had to it in 2009. Um, yeah, when I was still a teenager, and so I just grew up I mean thank god I didn't get it any earlier I was thinking that thank god I didn't have my blog at uni thank god I didn't have twitter yeah even the oh I downloaded my archive (laughs) first 10,000 tweets are just like text with my friends because we didn't have any we didn't have any text credit so we just used it as like I'll meet you here bye it's so like like jokes inane it's just it's (laughs) awful um and then it's just lots of like angry opinions um, and sometimes it's really nice to see me working through it in a mm-hmm. public forum, like finding a topic, even like as broad as feminism, and then suddenly like finding actually mm. this is what I believe and this is what I don't. Yeah, it's not so much changing your mind as like growing it. Yeah, um, and I think it's really easy as women to just feel like this real shame about our past sort of I don't know inverted commas bad opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really anti that. I think it's really important to reflect constantly and I think that's why I'm getting as time goes on I'm having more of a problem and I think the internet is having more of a problem as well actually with this public fury when people get things wrong because I'm like we need to have processes mm-hmm. where people can reflect and change their minds yeah um, but I have noticed a definite backlash towards the like uh, maybe three or four years ago when people would publicly you know mess up and then there'd be this huge fury but I think just I don't know recently I've really noticed people giving opportunities to others to really reflect and I think that's for the best I think it's a good thing you you stand up for things though like I do but I don't argue like I used to and that was a resolution a couple of years ago where I was like I fell into this, I got into this long argument that wasn't even my argument to begin with. And it's just such a long, boring story, but, and it still remains really funny. But afterwards I was reflecting on it and I was like, did I really need to jump in and like, like, you know, get really angry at this random woman? And I used to have this real disdain. I still sort of, not even a disdain, but I still find it really baffling when people who I, I deem as like real adults argue with me on the internet. Because I'm like... (laughs) I like you have a real job and a kid and like you're arguing with me I'm an idiot what are you doing <laughs> yeah. and I mean now I just about I think I'm just about old enough that I like I could not argue with an 18 year old what are you doing like I my rule is just don't argue with anyone who's a teenager first of all yeah because no at what age though do you think like you're totally responsible for your because I remember getting to a big argument like a few years ago mm. and I remember thinking hey I'm like 20 something trying to work things out like, but then I think is that there, there comes a time where it's like come on yeah I mean but I also think it's really context dependent like I find it really one of the few things that I just haven't engaged with at all I mean I try not to I, I like you know mocking like mocking is often fun and celebrities are easy fodder but I get really uncomfortable with loads of the Kylie Jenner stuff mostly because I'm like she's a baby she's 18 and I just I just can't bring myself yeah. like, I, I, like I'm sure there are loads of comical aspects and she you know 
messes up or whatever. But I was like, she literally is 18 years old. I, I just can't bring myself to go anywhere near yeah. that. And like in 10 years, yeah. she will be my age. age. <laughs> and, and she will look back and be like, okay, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of the rocking comes from teenagers themselves. Mm. But I feel really uncomfortable when you see like grown adults getting involved in that. I mean, yeah. come on. And by grown, I mean like 24. Like, what are you, ugh. Yeah, like, no, I, I totally agree. I could never, like some 18 year old on, on the train could like be mean to me and I'd still be like, come on, Project, be the bigger person, you're an adult. Yes. Like, if you pay tax, you can't go, you can't yell at some kid who lives at home. I feel really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. But, but then, yeah. so the arguments thing, because I um, I agree, like I'm very, very good now at, at ignoring a little something. I'm just like, do you know what? I'm not even going to reply, but, we were just discussing before we started recording um, about Lindy West mm. and this piece that has gone round last night and I read it like five times. Um, Lindy West, as in the amazing writer and author of um, Shrill. Yeah. So she's left Twitter because of many reasons, not just because of the trolls, but she would get into a lot of arguments on there. She would. I, so my, yeah, a couple of years ago when I was just arguing constantly, often with like men who seemingly have nothing better to do. And I just was like, I am going to try and not reply to anyone whose opinion I don't care about. And that was really interesting because I'd even, even sometimes people I knew, and then you'd eventually unfollow, you'd be like, I really don't care what you think at all why am i like i have no no inclination to like not even educate or even like why and there's something really satisfying about tweeting something and having a man send you like 10 replies and just leaving him in the wind like and i'm like you're not you haven't been rude you haven't offended me i just don't care Mm -hmm. fly go away um and so that's been a really good thing every so often i will you know rise up but it like twice a year is a lot better than every week, which is probably at its peak when you, and I think, I don't know, we, we forget that a lot of time arguing is how you form your opinions. That was how it was for me. Um, I'd argue and be like, suddenly have to reflect on what I actually thought before I could give a response, um, which you can't really admit. Like, I don't really know what I believe. I sort of believe this, but I'm gonna think about it really hard and then give you a response. It's also cutting and also it needs to look good because it's public. So. What I tend to do now is just throw my bad opinions into the wind. Um, that's fun. And if I get responses that tell me I'm wrong, I just delete them. Like that, I'm, I'm totally happy to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally happy to do that. Uh, and I don't like to, I don't really want to debate. I feel like a lot of this is, um, is like self-forgiveness in yeah. a way of being like, I'm a person, I mess up, I say the wrong things sometimes, but ultimately I respect myself and I know that I'm not a horrible person. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I, I, I'm getting better at um, saying what I think and really standing behind it. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, I've changed my mind. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm very bad with conflict in person, which I, people always, I don't know if that's symptomatic of people who are very loud on Twitter or the opposite or maybe a bit of both, but I absolutely cannot deal with conflict in person. I, 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 I just don't like it. I, I kind of hate conflict generally on the internet, which is why it was gonna be easier with people I didn't know and people whose opinions I didn't care about. But when it was people I actually knew, I was like, I don't wanna argue with you, okay? I'm just gonna pretend you didn't say anything and I'll pretend I didn't say anything. Um, Do you think that's why it's important to meet in real life as well? I hate networking Mm. and and the term networking, but I think the more people you know behind the Twitter account, the better. Yeah, as soon as you give someone a a, a life and, and, and a personality, it suddenly seems they're, they're more real to you, you know? Like, I have a friend who's friends with an actress who's quite famous. And ever since I found that out, I've, I've just been so much 
I've just always been willing to like forgive a lot easier. Uh, I mean, forgive, she, she owes me nothing. But I mean, just knowing that we share this one mutual friend in common who we both adore and both love. And she's one of our, she's like one of my best friends. She's one of her best friends. And like, and I've never met her. But I just suddenly I'm like, I'll see her like say something on feminism online and be like, oh, you know, meh. and I just wouldn't be like that normally. And I'm like, I try and attribute yeah. that syndrome to everyone now because mm. I'm like, you are someone's pal. And I feel it must be really awful to just see your pal get torn apart all the time. Um, but yeah, my theory on Twitter is just that we know too many people. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think that. I just think if you, if I met, you know, you have like tiny petty beefs with like <laughs> loads of your, like people who, who your friends get on with on the internet. Yeah. If I knew every single one, if I had met every single one of my friend's friends, I, of course I wouldn't like them all. Like it's just impossible. And so of course, if, if there's one person and they have 20 friends, all of those 20 friends, you'll, you'll follow them, right? But then you'll be like, oh God, I can't stand them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually you stand them for really silly reasons. But if you met them, you probably, it'd probably be the same thing, yes. right? Yeah. So I actually, I try and regularly like unfollow people if they're just friends of friends and I feel obligated because I'm like, I don't need to, we don't need to know each other. It's kind of okay to not. Saying that you get really good friends from the internet who you wouldn't have met without that and I think that's really you know like friends of friends who you might not have interacted with I hope that unfollowing becomes less of a thing because I think it's going to have to there must be a time soon where we have to cleanse our feeds and I don't have to get over it there's a natural thing it's like you haven't followed me oh my gosh and then you think actually why are we even talking what was the point yeah um I don't know. I'm sure it will get to a point where it's less of a big deal, but maybe it just won't because we're fragile little creatures, aren't we? Yeah, like we, we are. Want... We are. We don't like it when people unfollow. Yeah. It's just, it's like it being in a playground and someone being like, I don't want to hang out with you I anymore. <laughs> but, but it's like, no, <laughs> pressing a button to like really yes. push that forward. But back to the Lindy West piece. Yeah, of course. Because um, the other strand of that is, I feel that there's, there's a crew, there's yeah. like a community and we hang out there a lot. Yeah. And I like it, and I feel the people that I follow set me up for a really good day. Like I'll I'll read some things and I'll see some tweets, and I'll be like, cool, mm. feel really inspired today. Um, but then the flip side is um, seeing things you don't want to see. Mm. Do you think that you need to be on Twitter? You need to be out there all the time to get work. I mean, it depends on who you are. Like. I guess there's the giving up Twitter, right? And so someone like Lindy West, who is Lindy West, she's had Twitter and used it, and now maybe she's exhausted that for work. Like, no one now is gonna be like, hmm, I've just stumbled across Lindy West on Twitter. And there are lots of people like that. Like, Teju Cole gave up Twitter a couple of years ago. He's Teju Cole. So like, and no one is is gonna be sitting there like, really looking for an author. Ooh, Mm. stumbled across Teju Cole's tweets, gonna contact his agent. But then I think of myself and I definitely, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be a journalist without Twitter, like, point blank, um, because it was just one editor reaching out being like, I like what you say, write for me, and then another one, and then another one, and then suddenly after a year and a half, I was like, I should start pitching things. And that, I totally fell into that. Mm. In the same, and similarly, I, I totally fell into poetry, which I didn't get through Twitter, um, but I definitely... My poetry expanding beyond like just going to poetry nights definitely was helped by the internet. Definitely was helped by the internet. Uh, but yeah, journalism in particular, I just wouldn't have any of that. And then even like the weird little jobs I've done, loads of that has come from people like seeing my presence. And I'm like, what does that mean? That must mean Twitter, surely, right? <laughs> it's like a ghost. <laughs> yeah, or like the panels that I've done. 
So yeah, I always, I, I think about this all the time. Some random guy just did this tweet, like how much would it cost you, cost for you to delete your account? And I'm like, how much would it be? Like I keep on thinking of figures and being like, yes, of course it's so much money, but then no. The, like, bit, the, the bit is, yeah, like to that point about the, the money, I guess the currency or whatever, the bit that Lindy West said about, you know, I give Twitter my jokes for free. I give them my hot takes for free. Mm. And that's the stuff that she does offline that gets her money. And that made me think, should I hold back my ideas? Yeah. Probably should. I mean, I sometimes I think I should hold back my ideas. But then other times I think, am I going to... Maybe if you're Lindy US and everything is fire, yeah. But a lot of it is just like guff going into the wind. Like casual jokes. Like I have no real outlet for my sort of silly dumb jokes I don't think apart from my friends whatsapp groups so it's quite nice to get maybe a bit of validation from from twitter uh and I'm never going to be a stand-up comedian I don't think I kind of don't know I need to just accept that I, I don't really want to write non-fiction um as a, as a as a rule like I just don't and I've thought about it a lot and I've had meetings and I've and I've been like oh and I, and I get to sit down and I'm like I don't have anything to say that's longer than maybe 1500 words at a push like a long mm. article right which is probably why I like journalism so much in that I can like expel my little hot takes but I have nothing beyond that mm-hmm. and I've really I've uh, last year I've, as you write more you think I could write a book I could write this non-fiction thing and I just have nothing right and so Twitter's a really nice outlet to just expel those thoughts and not kid myself into thinking I can make them into a book. Um, if it was, if I had like a fiction Twitter account or a poetry Twitter account, maybe mm. I'd, but that'd be so much different. But I think that's so interesting that, um, you know, that you're so aware of the platform because I think a lot of people maybe don't. Like I kind of see that's sometimes true. that it's like, if you have an idea, knowing that it's a tweet or it's a book or it's mm. like a play or it's a poem, that's, that's like a skill in itself. I think I mean, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know where to go. I, I, I mean, I, I maybe that's, I feel like you're being too kind. <laughs> I barely, I, I'm, I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know when something is just going to be a tweet and that's fine. But I also, I, yeah, I, I'm very aware of like this weird niche. And I find it really interesting looking at people who follow me. Um, because there, there's like a subsection of people who followed me really early who I've just sort of seen around for ages and then there's like feminists and people who see my right or political stuff who see my writing who I feel really sorry for when I like descend into sort of like dumb bants um, <laughs> and a lot of those dumb bants are either like South London focused or music focused like I love pop culture I love music um, and that's probably you know what if I if I fix myself up I'd probably sit down and stop throwing out my like pop culture hot takes maybe because I love pop culture and I'd love to do more writing about music and about celebrity I think it's just such a fascinating amazing world and I never really write that stuff I tend to write slightly more serious stuff Mm. um oh you yeah you'd be awesome at that I love it I love it more than anything and to be honest I am I I kind of I'm bored of politics politics is so crap I don't want to listen to it anymore Mm. I don't want to write about it anymore um but I do and I, I sort of enjoy it so yeah maybe i should stop throwing those takes into the wild like a lot of the time i tweet stuff like has anyone written a long read on this and people like no and i'm like i should write that and i don't Mm -hmm. i just don't and i don't get rounds because i don't really have editors who uh i don't really have pop culture editors i have to like pitch it properly and i have this weird anxiety around anxiety and also laziness let's be honest (laughs) like around talking to people i don't know online i like sending them my work and i've this year that's what i'm trying to do a lot more of i'm trying to like 
pitch stuff to people I don't know. Uh, and like, it's oh, not it's even hard. The, I, I, it's I'm hard. with you on that. It's not even the rejection. Like when I'm, I'll get rejected. I'll be like, oh, whatever. But I just, it's that send, sending that button and yeah, being scared scary. as like an idiot. Like, Especially when you have good connections. Yeah. So you know what it's like to have that easy flow of, do you like this? Oh no, you don't. That's fine. Yeah. And that's nice when someone's just like, oh, you know that they respect and like your work, but it's not for them or something. Whereas, yeah, going into the cold, but um, that's something that I guess comes under the self-promotion yeah. bracket of like, they're self-promoting to people that already know you and then they're self-promoting to people that don't and that's yeah. so scary. And it's, it's difficult. And I think it, this is definitely a symptom of, of having like a Twittery charmed route into journalism. Whereas my friends who are, who are journalists, a lot of them did it the, the proper way, you know, they, they, they studied stuff maybe or not, but they started pitching and pitching and grafting. They got internships. They had to make all of those connections from scratch. Whereas I was just so charmed to get to, in the same couple of month period, uh, I had two editors just come out of the blue and say, I want you to write for me. And then I became, I, I got to know them really well. Um, and so after that, everything is like a little bit more stressful, you know? Yeah, it's just yeah. never gonna be as easy as- It's like, like the for, dream scenario. Yeah, yeah. and I think, I think it must've been Sophie at the debrief who was first. And then like, and she's just like about my age and, and you know, we have that sort of camaraderie and it's really nice. Um, and I'm not gonna have that with everyone, but you kind of expect it. And then when, when Vicky took over at the debrief, I was like, oh God, a new person. And then she's lovely and I'm friends with her. And it's, and I'm just like, this isn't how it works for everyone. This isn't how it works for most people. You the know? debrief is a, is a gem. Yeah. In, because are. I feel like they stand out in terms of- And you were of, there, weren't you? I yeah, yeah. But it, I feel that it's, yeah, like all of the editors are they're also the readers, yeah. if you know what I mean. So they're, they're commissioning stuff they genuinely want to read. And I also think that there's so much going on in America that's amazing. The mm. long reads, like the BuzzFeed long reads, and like, I just... Yeah, I love a long read. Yeah. I, I, I really love long, in-depth, proper dissection of music in particular. I think it's such a fascinating thing to really overanalyze. And I, and I accept that it's overanalyzing. Like, sometimes it's not that deep, but sometimes it feels like it is. Um, and TV. I absolutely love tv like that's one of my big aims for this year to write on tv because i watch a lot of tv yes. and i'm like i need to get something out of this yeah for sure i, I you know there's and i and i and i love like I, I got really i watch everything on netflix it's ridiculous i keep the telly on in the background all the time mm. um and i watched i read i spent like a week reading everything on bojack horseman that i could find and I was like, I've read like a novel on this cartoon. What am I doing? <laughs> and then like, I just finished the OA and I've been reading loads of stuff like that this week. And it's been really, really fun and really great. And I, 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 I don't know if I could quite do, do it justice in the same way, but I love really great TV writers. Like, don't you love that feeling of like just being so into something? Because yeah. you can lose it and then you can find it again. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a world there that you could read and read and read about and mm. write about for. A long time. It's fascinating. You see, there are guys who the guys who do the the AV club. They're roundups. There are so many. There was a, like a big crew of them who do like uh, a weekly uh, sort of roundup of a show. So they'll do they'll do a recap of every episode, and I find that absolutely amazing. I'm like, how do you? You have to think of all the other links that this could be linking to. Yeah. All that like you have to really watch it cleverly. Like I watch stuff, and then when I read what you said, I'm like, oh yeah, I I saw that, but I can't just think of that spontaneously yeah. um i'd love to i'd like to think if i watch enough telly i'll get there but maybe that's not the oh way God, i'd love to works. read that because i um i binged on think pieces about fleabag when it uh, after it came out yeah. i also feel that once you finish watching something you then the next destination is like 
just googling the shit yeah. out of it because yeah. you're like I need more I solidly am just like give me a, is, are there think pieces on X and then people will just send that's quite good for that yeah. <laughs> to just yeah. be like send me your best think pieces and then you get them and you're like thanks yeah. internet yes you've, 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 you've literally I, it for me <laughs> yeah I ask and you shall give yeah because um, the main theme I think of this podcast now that I've been doing it for like mm. a while and especially with like the Laura Dockerill episode just before this one is um, summing up what you do I think is getting harder do you agree? so, so hard uh, I actually one of the many things I, I, I've wanted to write about for a while is this thing I don't people just don't have a job anymore a singular job yeah. it just doesn't happen and I, and I wonder what that will mean we're sort of splitting into two directions aren't we this generation where on the one hand there's this massive insecurity uh in terms of jobs and housing in particular and and those things are obviously linked massively you know where you're you're getting more freelancers you're getting more people who are living for even like shorter sublets which i find really stressful the idea of living somewhere for two months Mm. it's like oh god moving all my stuff again um but on the other hand there's this like I don't know, this sense that things that you need to have like a long term plan and the world is really unstable, so you should be. And you get people having sort of moving in together really early, which I actually think is a direct, I'm writing a piece on this, it's a direct <laughs> consequence of just housing getting more expensive, which is slightly dodgy. I wonder if in 10 years everyone's just going to be even more broke because everyone moved in with their boyfriends after like four months yeah um which a lot of my friends have done I mean I totally understand that if you're sharing a room and sharing a bed that's half price like who would not yeah so bad I I honestly it's just like you know what I can't I just absolutely can't move in with someone unless I'm literally getting married because you can't go back yeah because a a lot of my friends like they move in with their partners um and then they break up and then it's like we can't afford I'm used to paying 400 pounds a month rent i can't afford anything else Mm. what am i going to do now um which is yeah the financial implications of relationships are terrifying to me this generation of are screwed in so many ways but at the same time the internet has given us opportunities which means what do i pick yeah (laughs) i pick everything yeah i mean it's been good for me right it's been good for me because i'm very bad at doing like a solid thing i'm not good at that i'm bad at offices she says having worked in an office for about two minutes um i'm bad at working i like working for people but i'm bad at only working for one person uh so you know it's been great for me i don't know what i I genuinely have no clue what i'd be doing without the internet yeah no clue at all like I, I, I can't even... <laughs> me too, me too. I'd, I'd literally be like, I, I, I mean, you know when you do those career like quizzes yeah. at school. I think I got town planner. <laughs> I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe I would be planning a town. <laughs> Woo-hoo. I mean, who the hell would want to live in a town that I built? It would just Amazing. be like libraries everywhere. <laughs> like, wouldn't be working in office. I'd definitely be sacked. Working. <laughs> you know what? Actually, the only things I've I've, I've, I've I've enjoyed that haven't been this have been working in bars. I absolutely love chatting to people, um, and I love interacting with strangers. So, like in a dream world, I've always thought when I was forty, I would set up. When I get to forty, hopefully, um, that's not yeah, that's not even that far away. I shouldn't be so pessimistic. Anyway, <laughs> if I get, when I get to forty, I want to set up like a bar, or a cafe. I've always wanted to do something like that. Oh yeah, um, and like have this like nice work. You get so many ideas just being in that environment, I reckon, as well. Because yeah. um, I watched this YouTube clip earlier about, you know, the Simon Sinek thing, if you watched it, about millennials in the workplace? No. It's a bit 
he's basically saying that we've been a bit failed. Society has failed us a little bit because when we when we grew up, we would be told we can be anything and do anything. And mm. the reality is, life is really hard. Yeah, yeah, work really hard. Although I do, I am very pro luck. I do think that mm. for, for I think it's easy to underestimate luck a lot of the time. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I do acknowledge that I've had to work hard and like not sleep a lot. But, um, and that's not even to get to like Lindy West levels, you know, to get to Bridget Minimal levels, which isn't that high. But um, yeah, also lots of luck, lots of luck. And luck can be curated from like, there are schemes and programs. But then I think all of the lucky schemes that, you know, I still had to fight to get onto those schemes. And I got onto some really great, I had some really good connections very early on by the time I was like 20. Um, but they don't exist anymore. They just point blank don't, which really makes me sad, actually. I was thinking a lot about Creative Access, you know, yes, the, um, yeah. the charity that hooks up uh, black and minority ethnic people with uh, internships. And I think that's great. And that didn't quite, I'm, I'm not sure if it, it must have existed when I was a teenager, but I didn't use them when I was, when I was actually sort of at the age mm. to use them, maybe. Um, but all the schemes I did literally don't exist anymore. <sighs> So I, I worked with, I did, did the stuff with the National Theatre, who are great and are amazing, and I owe them so much. And the scheme they do now, and at the time it was, I had a year in a group of 30, and then my second year was those three of us working with their lead playwright at the time. And I was like, and now the scheme is because it has to reach out more to more people, because there are so few, you know, the National has money, and they want to reach more people. So now it reaches like 50 schools around the country mm. but that means you're not getting one guy with three people right yeah and so and so that's helping more people but not as intensely i did this internship at the bfi which was fantastic i'm never going to work in film but i love film um and it just taught me loads of really basic stuff like how to use a laptop and and really simple stuff like that and like organizing events um and i was with them for a year it was paid like and I got and it not like it wasn't enough to live on but it was definitely more than enough for someone who was living at home and who was still 17 yeah um and it was like I am right I just had loads of I could get food on the South Bank every single day because I had the money it doesn't exist anymore that program it was do you think it's luck in terms of like circumstance and environment the one thing that keeps me going (laughs) is that even if I got a you know real job I still couldn't afford a house and that honestly is one of the main reasons I can I can I'm totally happy to just be a freelancer because my friends who went to UCL with me and they got first class degrees and they have are changing to law and are becoming lawyers they still are not going to be able to afford a house until at least like 33 or 34 and that's if they become keep on getting the ski they get a fully funded uh law conversion stuff they get fully fu- they manage to get all win all the scholarships they manage to immediately get a good job and that's like 34 to just about get a mortgage with a partner so i think i might as well just be a freelancer being you know not broke broke but like not rich mm-hmm. if if i you know even if i do things the right way i'm still not going to be able to afford stuff and you know i'm really privileged my parents i'm an only child and they maybe were just baffled at what i was doing so let me sort of go around doing like now I'm like why did you let me go to these weird like pubs for poetry nights at like 17 like with these creepy adults and they're like oh we didn't really know what you were doing (laughs) there were loads of these if my parents weren't so cool with it all if I didn't if I wasn't so bored that summer before that I just decided to apply for everything if things like connection centers didn't exist which is where you Mm. these weird centers that were great I just walk in and pick up all the leaflets and go home and apply for it all so good. Um, and like, and I'd get them, but they just don't exist anymore. So if if every path um, is so unique, because I totally agree with it, with um, you know, little lucky things that have happened to me, just mm. that I can't, 
I can't take any credit for. They right. happened. When people ask, because they will, as you continue to get more successful, people are just like, help, any advice. Do you find that really difficult then? But, yeah. And what do you say? I, I tend to only get those questions from, I work a lot with teenagers. Um, so I, and usually they're quite specific. They're usually teenagers asking me about journalism or teenagers asking me about um, poetry. Uh, rather than just me as a brand, because, you know, I just don't have one. Um, and with poetry, my advice is just really, like, join a collective or something, go and start reading, go out, go out and do... And I, I was doing open mics every week, I was writing every day, I was just doing that. Um, and those are things you can just do, mm-hmm. and they're very concrete answers, so that's a lot easier. Journalism, I have no advice, because I didn't have a, in any way, not even conventional, but just any way normal route into it. I guess maybe you no, know, don't get Twitter and start talking too much. It just doesn't work the same way now, no, you know? it doesn't. Um, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah. Like, the advice that I would have given even three or four years ago has changed. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Just old enough to... <laughs> yeah, but then that, again, I guess, um, is luck in a way. Yeah, that is luck. The, the fact that that year was a good year or, you know... you for so long. Yeah, God, it's terrifying. It's crazy. I mean, there's you're wading through, like, piles of, like dirt everywhere like it's swimming through crap yes. in an ocean uh but yeah someone did say on twitter that we're not going to be here in five years and i wonder if that'll be true not going to be where on twitter in five years oh, like, i was just... like oh my god the earth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exclusive control all delete exclusive <laughs> like we're not going to be here yeah. on this planet no no i will explode after we die no i a... i genuinely feel like um and this is why this podcast is just like I find it very enjoyable and quite mm. therapeutic because and listening to them because I feel that we're just working things out yeah. constantly yeah. in public like I don't know like because I, I, I kind one of my questions to sort of round off was going to be what's what's what inklings do you have about this year interesting I think I don't know I guess there's the optimistic and there's the I'd like to think that we'll just get to a peak point politically and that political sphere that interacts with the internet where people acknowledge that you just need to absorb everyone's point of views mm-hmm. like I'm endlessly frustrated and really angry actually at this ongoing argument I see in like the political like I don't follow that many political people who aren't also like feminist journalists or whatever um just politics bros I guess and uh, they're always you know bi- you know sniping about identity politics and stuff and I just think surely why are none like it's like oh but you need class analysis you can't just have identity I was like surely can't like why can't they both why can't class analysis be part of my identity politics why is that impossible like and I and I'd like to think we'll get to a point where people are like oh maybe class is part of people's identity maybe the black feminist online is also working class and those two things can come together but then I think that won't happen people just want to argue so uh, I think do you think do you think people will just want to label people yeah, all the time yeah I, I worry I, uh, and I think labels are crucial and important but I also think it's it's good to acknowledge how the limits to that like I, saying that this is the best we've got is good but we also need to say okay this is the best we've got but here are the problems like I want to be able to pick the holes and stuff but I can't because I'm just too busy arguing with like fascists on the internet you know like it would be really nice for me to sit down and critique things like identity politics or even like 
feminist theories or whatever but you can't because there's going to be some person online who's like this is let's invalidate the whole thing mm-hmm. and you're like no i just want to be able to all things are worthy of critique if my feminist thoughts now are exactly the same at 40 years old the feminism's not doing something right i'm not doing something right i love that that's like um that malcolm gladwell quote about like if you're not changing your mind you're not thinking yeah like it's yeah. kind of and if you're not and if you're not contradicting yourself you're not thinking and um right i i've become more at peace with the fact that i contradict myself a lot me too me too i really i I have a real yeah i i I have a real peace with that too i think it's really important to it to acknowledge that you're gonna get things wrong like you the only people who have the same views after 30 years are like republican really right-wing republicans in the u.s um yeah i mean god knows what trump thinks but i'm sure you know your your standard like Mike Pence I'm sure has believed the same stuff his whole life I don't want to be like Mike Pence no way um this is the little bit where you have to promo what what people need to go and look at and buy um poetry book poetry book I have a I have a little book called Titanic uh called Titanic because I was talking about a relationship and I wanted the metaphor to be obvious um so there it's it's in there and I guess it's my mind in like distilled form in like 30 or 40 pages uh it's poems about love and about heartbreak but also mention like feminism and and uh pop culture every single poem is named after a song so cool um which i was just a self just like a bit of a troll was that really enjoyable to yeah do? oh my god it was so fun they used to just be numbered and then my editor was like why not because i mentioned songs in loads of them and when i read them out i tend to sing little bits spoiler i want to see you oh, um, God, i can't sing before. it's terrible there's a video online so with a sofa sounds one i had a sofa sounds gig and they recorded it oh cool um and is that on youtube yeah it's on youtube it's on my website i think which is just my full name um and yeah I just i just think it's funny someone who can't really sing singing little snippets from songs i think it's jokes and people tend to find it quite funny uh although my friend one of my friends kathy was just like oh it's really the thing is, at first it was so obvious you can sing, but you've been practicing so much that now you're on the cusp. It's like you kind of can't sing, which is almost worse. It's like, oh God, no. You're going to have to pretend to be yeah. just really awful. Do people think that I, that I, can, that I think I can sing? Because I can't. But I've just been doing it enough that I actually remember to get the breaths right and stuff. So now I'm just like a bad singer rather than objectively terrible. So yeah, there's that slight problem. Uh, but yeah, I have the book, I have Titanic, that's that. It only costs a fiver. Um, I write a lot, I write a lot of articles, I tweet far too much, um, and I have my website, and I do like odd little commissions and stuff, which are, which are fun. And uh, you are, you have, you have some really good, um, videos of you doing your perform. um, is it a TED, TEDx? Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like a year I and love and a half it. Ago. I think it's really oh, cool. Thank you. Um, I just have this mortification of anything that's over a year old. I think it's solid. I, just, I think that's normal, yeah. but from people who view it they they just see thanks and that's not changing your mind actually that that the tedx is all about how my poetry helped me change my mind because you look back you write a political poem you look back three years like i can't read you anymore everything is wrong and it rhymes which makes it worse yeah so yeah uh, oh i love i love the theme of yeah changing your mind because yeah I i feel like um there's been times where the internet just like screenshots everything they're like you can't change your mind it's like but i, I have yeah, yeah you yeah, have yeah. delete your tweets yeah. change them up yeah like do that and acknowledge your mistakes i think it's so important and i i do think we're heading towards that though so i try not to be too critical i think there are just less maybe it's maybe i follow different people but there are less huge angry call outs there are more apologies mm-hmm. uh me and a friend keep a track we have a twitter dm that's just 
keeping track of celebrity apologies and I think it's really great because some of them yeah. are really good and some of them like current fave is uh, Chris Hemsworth oh, Thor right. oh yeah he, uh, he did this really cool like I mean, I don't know who was, like, really angry. I'm sure someone was really angry at Chris Hemsworth, right? But uh, I didn't even know. And I read the internet all the time. Um, but he, like, two years ago on Halloween, dressed up as, like, a Native American and, like, a full Native American costume. And at the time, it was a bit offensive. And then, like, last Halloween, he was dressed up as something else. He was like, by the way, I just wanted to say, like, I've, it's been, like, a year or two and I've really reflected and I've seen... Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, Chris. <laughs> hi. <laughs> like... Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So yeah, there are some. There are some. There's like five really great celebrities. And he might have been stewing on that for like years and yeah. been like re- feeling really shit about himself. I find that amazing. And then so often there are just so many bad apologies. I find it so funny. Like, sorry if you're offended. Say nothing. Yeah. Just say nothing. Or like Mariah, Mariah Carey last week. Last week for like forgetting oh, yes. her like, words. She just was like, stuff happens. <laughs> yes. If I was Mariah, I, actually I, love I wouldn't apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't apologize if I was Mariah. Can Carey. you? Yeah, I love yeah. how she dealt with that. I think I need, you know, we all need to take a bit more of her um, mm. attitude. She's also Mariah. You know, she wrote all I uh, all I want for Christmas in ten minutes. Oh my ten minutes. god! And that's how she makes most of her dollar. Oh. That's what I want to do. Oh, that's amazing. Would happily like sell out or write something rubbish if I could do it in like ten minutes and yeah. just make millions for yeah. the rest of my life. For the rest of your life on ten minutes. One hit wonder <gasps> vibes. Oh my god, that's a good note to end that on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to my podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, If you have any feedback, tweet me at Emma Gannon. I'd love to hear what you think. And also, if you have two minutes, I'd love you to leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That would be amazing. Thanks again and see you next week.